Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Perda Tawiks, and you're listening to In Anything at the Minute. Hi, my name is Jonathan Harden, and you're listening to the Honest Actors Podcast. This is episode four of series two and what has to be one of the most teased episodes of a podcast in the history of podcasts. This is the full version of the interview with Part of the Weeks, which has been out twice in the past as a teaser, both for series one and for series two. So many of you will think, I recognize that girl's voice from somewhere. It's from this podcast. Before you listen, I should say that I am extremely relaxed in this interview and to explain that, I will add that Perdita is one of those people who instantly makes you feel like you've known her forever. I worked with her for two days about four years ago and find myself just, you know, chatting to her like I'd known her all my life. And the same applies with this interview. She has a very unique, I think, perspective on the industry, having been an actor since she was only five years old. So uh, that in itself I find fascinating and I think you will too. Before that, though, here is a word from our sponsor. If you want great offers on theatre tickets, access to day seats on your mobile and exclusive front row lotteries, you need Today Tix, the ticketing app that lets you see theatre differently. To get tickets with no queues and no fuss, download Today Tix now on the App Store and Google Play. One more thing before I let you hear the interview. As many of you will already be aware, I am currently crowdfunding for a short film that I hope to direct myself early in the new year. It will be my first time directing anything for the screen. It's a script written by my wife, Bruna Taggart. She will also be playing the lead role. It's a boxing film set in Belfast, and you can find out more about it and the crowdfunding campaign at belfastboxingfilm.com. Perks on there include for £5, which is roughly equivalent to the cost of a central London pint uh, you can get mentioned in this podcast at this very point in the next episode and I will say thank you to you personally if you do that but there's loads of other stuff as well and uh, like I said it's my first time directing it's not my attempt to take over the world we're just a couple of actors trying to make some work for ourselves so if you were able to support that in any way and that could be just sharing it on Twitter or on Facebook we would be in your debt so thank you in advance here it is, episode four, with part of the weeks. So tell me, uh, how did you get into acting? Uh, I got into acting a sort of um, very young, not really on purpose. My sister, my elder sister, Honeysuckle, 
weeks, who was, who was still an actress, um, she was spotted at a children's youth theatre in Chichester Festival Theatre by Sylvia Young, the children's agent, and um, was taken on by her. And my brother and I, who are very close in age, were a lot, were a lot younger than her. And my mum, having to take my sister into the agency, Sylvia saw us, we were kind of cute, this is when we were about five and six, um, and said, oh, we'll have them on the books as well if you can be bothered to bring them to auditions. And my mum was like, sure, she worked freelance. So she had the time and she just sort of went from there and we did adverts and um, often together. Um, we were very cute and got a lot of work and then it just sort of, we moved on from that agency to a slightly older one and just sort of kept going really from agent to agent. It was very much thanks to my mum really. And so does that then become, is that stage and screen or is that just a screen kind of? Um, it was just, it was purely film and television. I've never done any professional theatre and, as much as I'd like to. And n noted. Did, did everybody hear that? <laughs> um, so I would love to do some <laughs> professional theatre. So what's your first memory then of being in front of camera? Oh my word. What is my first, quite some terrible advert. Oh yeah, we did a personal advert when right. we were, it's one of our first jobs. My brother and I together. Okay. Age five and six. And um, yeah, there was a, it was, there was just, when you, when you went to auditions at that age, it was great because we'd get out of school. Mum would come and pick us up and um, we'd get fed Coca-Cola and Kit Kats, which we weren't ordinarily allowed on the way up. So that just, and just so that we would peak in kind of sugar high by the time we got in there. I mean, there would be thousands and thousands of children, like there always were thousands outside these auditions. And we go in and they say, all right, uh, okay, how about you like sing us a song? So we'd like, we had these songs that we'd sing from Disney's sing-along songs. Got a whale of a tail was a, was a favorite. And um, yeah, and so we would always kind of get these funny parts and it just involved kind of being cute in front of the, in front of the camera, so we kind of grew up with it. It wasn't something we ever really chose to do, but. Do you remember that personal ad? Let's, let's, I mean, we're not going to dwell on this for too long. This isn't going to be an interview about you, aged five, doing a personal commercial. Um, it but just, it, do you remember much about that? Yeah, I remember everything about it. It was, um, you know, going into makeup, costume, we went to costume fittings, trying on various sort of Laura Ashley numbers, and um, <laughs> my brother being a, a right little arsehole she continued to be until he was about 15 um, on set okay um, and yeah my mum having to and there was always standby kids they were always like you know in, in the industry when they when you they employ children they always have backup kids so there was this kind of rival set of children that we were always kind of thinking what are you doing here but you know it was it was fun and we were cute and it's basically just playing around on camera and it consisted of um, my brother constantly getting this these pair of yellow dungarees dirty and our beautiful sort of on-screen mother who must have been about 25 earlier younger probably and you know washing the clothes and it being our know, personal's wonderful and and from your perspective as a tiny child then was that enjoyable did that make you want to do more or were, were you aware that it was that it was something extraordinary? Um, yes, I think in a way, but obviously because you're the centre of attention, which is unusual, and and adults are speaking to you, which you don't usually get, you know, as a small child, and they're they're talking to you quite sort of giving you um, 
direction, which is quite strange, right? Now you have to do this. But, you know, it came quite sort of easily. And I think because there were two of us, it was easier. My mum was there and um, she's sort of quite calm. And yeah, we just sort of got on with it. I don't, it's, it's odd. It didn't really seem, it didn't seem that strange. And then we just sort of went on and did more. And, and did, was there a point at which there was a, a awareness kicked in that this was potentially who you were, that this was a career, that this was something you might do beyond childhood? Um, to be honest, that didn't really happen until I was about 21. So until that point, it's just something that's in the background. It's I just sort of always did it. I really enjoyed, you know, I was really glad that I did it. It kind of kept, like, I hated being institutionalised at boarding school. And, um, but knowing that any day, my mum, I might get a notice on the notice board being like, oh, your mum's coming to pick you up at two, you want an audition this afternoon. It was always just like, I'd always run past the notice board and just pray that there'd be like, oh, your mum's coming at three or whatever. Um, it was just a great excuse to get out of school. And as I got older and older, it became an even better excuse. And I'd, you know, be able to skip lessons. And, and was there a kind of, uh, was there a flip side to that when the ads came out? Was there ever a, a kind of, did you, did you suffer much at the hands of your peers when <laughs> the things were aired? Um, yeah, like a, a little bit. I mean, I had my hair dyed um, a really carroty orange for one for one film I did when I was about nine, and um, and I got called you know carrot top whatever. But I mean, it didn't really it didn't really go you know because I was just like, well, fuck you guys. I get to leave school and uh, go and hang out with you know adults and travel and stuff like that. So I mean, it was always I was aware that it was a it was a privilege. But um, it was it was so odd when you get sort of handed something like that. You know, I really wasn't even. It was never something I wanted. I wanted to be a fashion designer or a hairdresser when I was young. And then I went to wanting to be a, uh, an art curator um, after university. And it was only when I got um, the specific, when I read a specific script when I was about 21, 20, 21, that I suddenly went, bloody hell, this is, this is a brilliant, you know, this is a brilliant script. This is the best thing I've ever read. And I actually really want to be in this. Because before that, you know, you're playing slightly ineffectual, kind of smiley, you know, nice posh girl, and it doesn't, you know, it's like whatever. You don't, there's nothing to really get your teeth into. But when I read that, it was, um, it was The Promise by Peter Kosminski, and I thought, I've got to be in this, by hook or by crook. And then I, it was a kind of re- realization, like, oh my God, I've got this amazing job that I've had all this time, and, um, and I really need to, like, focus, <laughs> try and make something of it. Um. So, is that the first job where you felt like you were an actor going into it? Did that change anything about how you, I mean, you'd been so used to being on set as a child, where as you say, you weren't aware of of really what it was, it was just a thing that you did. Once you have that kind of, I really want to do this, Mm. and I've got this great job, Mm. the next thing you do after that, does something within you change? It completely changed. It was, um, the whole whole project was... um, very, it was quite a political piece and it was um, it's about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and it was something I knew absolutely nothing about really and um, it involved doing a lot of research and, and I just reveled in that. I actually really, really, you know, quite sort of studious. I enjoy, I enjoy kind of research and, and, um, and it, it was great to have something that I could learn and that, you know, learn a bit of Hebrew because I was playing Israeli and, and, um, yeah, and after that, I just approached everything completely differently. Um, I worked so hard on that. I mean, w- you know, we were worked hard. We For the auditions, I had to learn 17 scenes, which was kind of 
insane at the time I was doing like a really bizarre horror film which kind of just was exhausting but it, and, and, and very hard work but in a very diff different kind of you know it just involved being sort of terrified um, but this whole idea of being being able to put a kind of studious hat on the whole acting thing I really enjoyed uh, the kind of thing that they say about these interviews is that they don't tend to focus on details of jobs but what I like to do is say to people if one thing you've done it seems like I already know the answer to this but if, <laughs> if, if one thing you've done as an actor um, was to stand for you for who you are as an actor what is it I suppose the question is what's the thing you're most proud of oh goody um Um, I think I think actually that that particular piece, the promise I, I'm um, I think as a whole, I think it might be one of the best things I've been in. I don't think I was I'm not a hundred percent proud. you know, I think I could have you know if you go back, you would there's a lot of things you would have done differently. You just mentioned there uh, watching yourself back mm. uh, and hinting at it being occasionally not the joyous experience no. that one would sometimes hope for. No. So when you're watching yourself back, have you always been a critic? Yes. Even when you were a child, did you watch well, anything? Well, no, I mean, I didn't, didn't care. Didn't give to... Money's in the bank. Fuchs, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. I mean, I, was no, I, had, no aware, I had no idea like how much money I was making. Yeah. You know, it was just like, cool, I didn't have to go to maths. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I got out of geography, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm very, very critical. I think most people. Probably Do you think that's a, an important thing? Do you think that process of watching yourself and being critical is helpful or not? I'm trying to get less so because um, it's because my entire family. You know, they say like whenever you go to ADR, you know, it's the first time you really get to see it, and it's a just terrible shock. Mainly because I'm like, oh my god, look at my crow's feet, um, and because like, the, the vanity kicks in, and it's a massive screen, and you're very close to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to get less less critical because, to be honest, what's you know, to other people anyway, less vocally critical of myself because I think it's annoying for other people as well. But like, at least you're in it. You know what I mean? Doing well, you got paid. Stop complaining. You know, it's it's fine. And also, if I'm always complaining, you know, they don't take me seriously anyway. And do you find it easy then to take compliments? <laughs> Um, I don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, from from one's loved ones, they you just kind of don't really. It's terrible, isn't it? But you just don't. You don't think they just think they're being nice. So. But but you've got two siblings who are. That is the thing. I have to say, from 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 my brother, if he tells me it's good, I mean, he's you know he's my most kind of honest critic. If he tells me it's good, I'm in quite sort of quietly elated. Um, but uh, equally, you know, gen generally that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's very generally, he's generally very, very quiet. But ge no, generally, <laughs> no, 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 he's not quiet. He'll tell me, um, he, oh yeah, you really overacted there, or um, yeah, you need to stop smiling so much, or um, oh, that's a bit of a nose twitch there, or you know. And do you find those negative things? Do you find you dwell on them the next job? Do you have those words? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In your head, hundred percent. And my dad's always telling me, "Oh, you just about got a, got away with. You, you were just about thin enough, but you know you don't want to put on any more weight." <laughs> and then, of course, that's the only thing you can think about. No, actually, because he's always been saying that. Um, so I just sort of say, "Oh, fuck off." Um, Good. Baldy. Do you enjoy the process of auditioning? I love it. 
What is it about it that you love so much? It's the performance. I absolutely love it. I mean, unless you get like a really, I'm not going to name any names, a really shocking casting director, of which there are several kicking about in London, yeah. who just make it so difficult. In fact, some of the, there are a couple of people I, I refuse to go and see. I'll just do a self-tape. Um, like, obviously, I say, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't, you know, I'd love to, but um, can I do a self-tape? Just because they're so distracting. But no, I love auditioning. It's um, it's so much fun, you know, you're just, you're getting to do the job which you, you know, say that, you know, is your job, so it's great, I love it. Um, do you, I mean, talk to her about casting directors being a distraction. Um, mm. Do you know when you've come out of the room that you've got the job? No, that's the thing. Well, okay, well, there's been a couple where I'm like, nailed it, it's in the bag, but equally, I mean, I, I'm generally overly um, optimistic, so I'll walk out and I'll be like, oh, I mean, I've actually sent text messages to my agent um, being like, if they don't cast me, they are fools, I tell you, and then I don't get the job. It's really embarrassing, but I figure, you know, fuck it, you've got to have the courage of your convictions. I've got to, you know, at least believe that I think I'm, you know, halfway decent. If you put the work in, you know, you've done your best, but you, you just never know. I mean, you know, I... It's so, it can be so sort of disappointing, but it's always the same. And so. what kind of, obviously a feedback occasionally, what's your least favourite feedback to get? Do you ever get things, and you, is there something that, a refrain that you hear and you think, oh for God's sake. Um, you know, posh. That, that upset bit, you. She's a bit posh. Um, but I mean, it's true, so what can I do, you know? It's, <laughs> <laughs> I have RP accent. What can I do? Um, what is my thing? What do I? What do I not like? Um, I used to get when I was younger. I used to get. I don't know whether the casting directors were actually saying it, but I had a previous agent, a female agent, who we actually parted on quite bad terms, um, and she used to tell me, "You mustn't go in there being so dappy. You, you just, you know, you're very sort of ditzy and all over the place." you and I'm just trying to be nice to you I don't that's not my I don't know we'll just assume that I like in, this it was incredibly irritating and, and patronising um, you know I understand why she said it she was you know I'm sure she was trying to help and further my career but it, I just found it in, incredibly irritating and um, after you've got a job yes um, you know five minutes later ten minutes later two days later what are the things that start to niggle? Because everyone has, I mean, you know, do you have that kind of panic of crisis of confidence? Yeah, oh, um, for sure. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't bank on anything. That's the thing. I mean, I've had some pretty hairy experiences with it's in the bag, you know, you've got the part, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the project doesn't go or something like this. Or they, I mean, I've never had one where they've been recast, but... It, you, you know, you can't say that you've got it until you're on set, you know, sometimes. Has that ever happened? Has something ever... I had, I had a couple of years ago, I had a really, really um, unbelievably demoralising situation where I got two parts in two days. One day I got, and one of them was Game of Thrones. Amazing. So I got that, and the next day I got an even better part, uh, the lead in a, in a series, and... Um, then, so, so after deliberating for about a week, which was about as long as I could sort of take, I mean, it was, you know, tricky, um, 
I turned out Game of Thrones for this other part because it was better, better money, better. It was a better. It was just a better part. I think everyone knows where this is going. Yeah, and then so I'm all like, I changed so much things. Like, like I was organising my best friend's hen party. I like moved to hen party because I was going to be going to Romania for six months. I bought get guidebooks three. Started learning a bit in Romania. I'm like, cool. I can do it. I can hang out in Romania. Whatever. I can do it. It's going to be fine. My character was going to get killed off after the first. Um, at the end of the first series, which is like perfect, I'm not going to get, st- you know, I'm, it's just going to be the six months. It's great, I mean, great role. And it was all cool. And then I was like, mm, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, it's all looking a bit like, mm, why haven't I spoken? Like, where's my, you know, co- I, mean, I had, I had a costume fitting, and it was, it was cancelled, and I was like, what's going on here? And then a week before I was supposed to go. Um, yeah, my agent called me and was like, yeah, the Romanians have have, um, have taken, have, you know, their finance. They've dropped out financially. And I'm like, well, what does that matter? There's only, they're, they're only putting in 10%. So, well, yeah, they, they're trying to find it. But if without national funding, you know, the Canadians can't go in there and just, you know, the ins and outs of international production. I'm not au fait with particularly, well, I'm slightly more au fait now, obviously. Uh, yeah, and it just, it had just, it's just sort of vanished into thin air and I had several conversations with the director being like, we're going to make this happen, we're going to make this happen, it's going to, you know, it'll take us six months, but we're going to, and it, you know, it's sort of two and a half years hence. I mean, I comp- I decided there and then I was like, I, I'm i forgetting that that ever happened. I'm not going to sit, you know, waiting for this job to get off the ground. So that decision's made and that conversation on the phone ends and what's changed when the phone's hung up, does anything? I mean, is that an easy decision to make? Is that like a clean? No, no. I mean, I, I, like it wasn't like it wasn't like oh, I'm not doing it. I just I just said within myself. I just went okay, 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 cool. We'll see. We'll see what you know. There's nothing I can do about it. I just put the phone down. Cried, obviously. I was yeah. with some friends as well, which was really awkward. <laughs> They're very sweet. Um, it was just like I can't actually believe this has happened. But I just sort of knew, you know, I can't. I can't go around thinking, oh, it's going to happen. I can't, I cannot, I have to completely just put it out of my mind. And it's funny because I met one of the other actors who was going to be in it. And they were like, no, 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 it's cool. It's happening in six months. And I'm like, no, don't, don't even. I said, honestly, save don't yourself. Be so don't, dappy. don't, <laughs> don't be so fucking naive. Like, please, like, for your own benefit, stop thinking about this. No, 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 but I've heard, I've spoken to the just don't don't bother. It was it was it was absolutely t- it was torturous leading up to that conversation because I kind of you know I felt it was coming. I just thought I I had my bag packed. I mean it's sad fuck central like it was. And then I I even called up my agent. I was like, is there any way we can get Game of Thrones back? <laughs> and um, he was like, no, nah, it's pretty much gone. I was like, yeah, that was a really sad, so- desperate, clawing attempt. Buy tickets to the best theater in London the new way. With the TodayTix app, getting great offers and access to exclusive tickets has never been easier. With TodayTix Rush, you won't have to queue at the box office for hours to get day seats, and you can access big savings with their lotteries for shows like Kinky Boots and The Bodyguard. Download TodayTix, the theatre ticket app, from the App Store and Google Play, and see theatre differently. So the friends you were with when that when that happened, mm. uh, are they actor friends? No, no. What yeah, no, most of my friends aren't actors. What do they think about what you do? You know, I don't really know because I don't really want to ask them. Because <laughs> it's possible that they think, you know, 
who does she think she's kidding? Like, <laughs> and I kind of don't want to know that. Um, I've always done it, so they were very, very, very positive and very happy for me when, when, you know, I get a job. I always tell them with glee, yeah, I got another job, and and that's great. Um, and they, you know, they're interested. They they like my actor friends. They find the whole thing really interesting, and um, they're hugely supportive. So that's the main thing. But I'm, they must be a bit in the back of their mind going. Why doesn't she get a real job? <laughs> and why don't let's just jump in. Why 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 have you never moved away from acting? What's kept you going? You started because it's the best job ever, as you well know. It's so much fun. It's good when it's good. It's uh, it's the best job ever when it's good. I mean, it's when it's shit. Obviously, you're like poor. You got no money. You're bored and depressed, and everything is shit. But when it's good, it's like drugs. It's like heroin. You can't like. So I've had. <laughs> just add that little caveat um, it's 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 you know you get you travel you get paid insanely well sure for about five seconds but nonetheless it makes you feel like a total baller you work with really awesome people and that's not just you know cast that's like crew like awesome awesome people who become your family it's this incredibly you know you're incredibly privileged to even like be on a set because everyone is just awesome like the people are just really awesome generally very occasionally you meet a total twat, but you know, aren't they cool? When you when you're working then, um, do you obviously enjoy being on set and being around yeah, in the film? It. Do you think you might enjoy that more than acting? Has it ever? Has it, have you ever thought? Oh, My mum said that to me. Have you ever thought maybe? Yeah, maybe I should be on the other side. No. Have you ever I thought mean, about giving up for anything? No. No, I'll never give up. No, I don't think, I just don't think I could. It's so much fun. I love the acting. I love the process. I love the audition. I love, I love reading. I love reading scripts. I love all the research around it. You know, um, I think it's, it suits me very well. It's, I like not knowing what I'm doing week to week. I absolutely hate routine. Um, you know, I couldn't, I mean, I could, of course, you know, push comes to shove. I'm sure, you know, I'll be a great secretary. And, you know, I, you know, I, I like people. As long as there's other people, I'll be fine. I should say, though, that you turned up late for this, <laughs> running in your gym gear. <laughs> I've totally forgotten, so let's think. <laughs> you do obviously enjoy not knowing what you're doing day to day. Yeah, I like, yeah. You might not be the best person to manage a high-level calendar. No, possibly not. No, yeah, I have the memory of a goldfish, um, but yeah, I could, there's other jobs I could do, but no, I'll never go with acting. Do you believe in a big break? I mean, you've kind of hinted at moments when it might have felt like you'd no, I, Do you know one. what? I don't. I really don't. I did. Did you ever? Yes. Yeah, I did. What changed? You know, um, experience. <laughs> Friends, experiences, you know, I, you know. It's that, I, I mean, of course that is such a thing, but I think it's very much more, I don't think it really happens so much in England. It's very much more, I think it can happen overnight in LA, but I've been doing it for such a long time that I, there's no chance of me ever having that because I'm old news. All the casting directors in London, you know, have been seeing, some of them won't see me because they see me still as like, you know, a nine-year-old kind of posh bird. Um, so certainly not for me. I think it can happen, you know, I mean, there's there's many, many instances, but um, I, it's not the kind of thing that I, I'm not really looking for it, but um, yeah, and I think it would be quite scary. I don't know. I've like like interviews with like 
you know, the, the, the teens that do the kind of big franchises and it just looks terrifying. I mean... Would you, would you like to be famous? Uh, yeah, I've often, I've often wondered about that and, and it's, I don't, I think I find it a bit, a bit much, like, I mean, look at my bedroom, can you imagine, like, so what's this ginormous yeah. sort of fishbowl window, people sort of, no, I don't, I, I hate to be followed. Then? The ideal is, is like being, being respected and known within the industry, I think that's a whole other thing, I think that's, you know, look at, say, like a, I don't know, like a Gina McKee, like a Maxine Peak. These are not household. They are to some degree if you if you really know your stuff. But, you know, if I said that to some of my friends, they, would, they wouldn't know who, they'd be like, oh, I know, looking at her, they'd know who it is. But um, people who just do really, really good work and um, have their pick of, have their pick of um, of projects and are able to get stuff off the ground that maybe, you know, if you give it, if they give it their seal of approval, do you know what I mean? They can get behind really good stuff. Um, so when you're not working then, that's the flip side, the negative. <laughs> when you're not working... 99% um, of the time. What do you do to stay positive? What kind of things keep you seeing? Um, exercise, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just putting, just in inputting mental input, you know, reading, um, seeing plays, cinema, theatre, TV. I do actually watch a hell of a lot of television. Um, and, you know, just anything creative. I'm writing, um, God knows what that will turn out like. Um, yeah, just, I just think being positive and just always, you know, just putting, I think input is incredibly important. And what's the longest period that you've had to endure being out of work? It was two years, but I was I was at school, so it was fine. You know, I mean, it wasn't it was like slightly demoralising, obviously. But I was at, I was doing my A levels, so it was right. I was going through a really like sort of partying phase as well. So it didn't really matter. Dyed my hair bright blonde. I mean, it was completely uncastable. So it's fine. But um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was an odd. It was so an when odd you say you had your hair blonde and you were uncastable, do you live your life? Do you make life decisions based on castability in terms of how you look? I try not to, but I actually think I do. So what have you not done for fear of not being cast? Dime, like I love dyeing my hair, but actually I've dyed my hair recently. It's this colour before a part. I'm not going to say which one which I'm trying to get at the moment. I mean, I actually, I'm going there, I'm doing it. I even cut my hair. Because I've seen some people do it in auditions and I used to think, sad case. But actually, I thought, you know, this is something I really, really, this is a part I really, really want. And um, I've been auditioning for it for five months. And, um, and I just thought, do you know what? I don't want there to be a single reason for them not to cast me. I considered getting contact lenses, but I thought that's possibly a bridge too far. Um, so I just thought, no, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it, and I really enjoy changing my look anyway. So, but I would love to have had like tattoos, maybe, and shaved head and stuff like that. But I was thinking, oh, maybe for a role, yeah, I'll get to like dye my hair pink. <laughs> so, so you, you, you think maybe you would look slightly different if you weren't an actor? I'd probably be a bit, you know, more like edgy. Fatter. I, I don't think I'd be fatter because I. I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think I'd be like you know maybe a bit you know a bit more kind of t- 
tattooed and pierced, maybe yeah. a bit more I th- grungy. I, sort of, I think like that sometimes as do well. Do you? Yeah. Would you have? Would you? What would you do? Tattoos. Would you have longer hair? Uh, I've had long hair when I wasn't an actor, and I've thought about tattoos since I was about sixteen. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad I didn't get the ones I wanted back then because I would have regretted them by now. Really? But, but yeah, what were you going to get? Oh no, let's not make it about me. <laughs> no, let's. This is not what this is about. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, have you got many actor friends? I do, I do, but um, but not like many of my m- most of my actor friends. They their best friends are all actors. So like, I'll go to the birthday party and it's just actors, which is quite strange. So like, my people, I I don't hang out on a day to day, week to week basis. Like, I don't see any. So do you find yourself, normally at this point I would say, you know, do you find yourself competing with actor friends? Do you ever find yourself competing with non-actor friends? Do you ever look at their lives and think, Yeah. you know, so what kind of things? Well, like security of, you know, financial security, obviously, and that. And like, they just, you know, because they kind of, they're never waiting for anything, which we so which we so are as actors. We're constantly waiting for the next thing. You think, oh, when this and when that, and then, oh, then I'll do this. And when I get my next job, then I'll, you know, get my brace or whatever you know then I'll like do my extension or I'll whatever then I'll book my holiday whereas they have very much more of a kind of like they know what they're going to do and they can plan shit and like have babies just because they want one and get married just because they know where they're going to be next September although I quite like not knowing where I'm going to be but and then with my actor friends, it's very, sometimes like I won't, like for, I haven't seen some of my actor friends for some time because I'm like, because I haven't worked, I feel like such a douche. They're like, oh, what have you been doing? It's very like, in anything at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see any of my actor friends because I haven't worked for ages. But do you find yourself then with other actors when they say, what are you doing? Do you kind of, you take the edges off? I just say, fuck all. My life is a joke. Do what you, are you are, doing? Are you, very, are you very honest about that? Yeah. Like, part of my humour is being self-deprecating, so that's fine. And if I weren't, people would think I was odd. So, obviously, I have to keep on saying obviously, I've worked out, by the way, doing this, what my tics are. Oh, uh, God. Are kind of, obviously, and so. Okay, so, well, at least it's not... Obviously, uh, we've kind of... Uh, <laughs> right, that's all three of them. Oh, good job. <laughs> Hat trick. Uh, so I apologise to everybody for those. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm now aware I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> How do you define success for you? Um, people who are just really brilliant at their job. It's that thing you said already, which is being respected by... Absolutely, it's just being in, respected by one's peers, you know. I'm. Do you think of yourself as successful? God, no. God, no. No, I think of myself as quite lucky. I think I've got quite lucky. In do you any of your actor friends... No, I, no I don't think so. No. You've obviously got some successful actor friends. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. they're all quite they're all quite successful, to be honest. Hi, it's Riff. <laughs> oh, Riff's great. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, he's, he's a keen listener. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, if you could go back to the start of your success with all the benefit of everything that you've done in the past right. t- ten years since you kind of made the decision that you were t- less than ten years. Yeah, since yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. If you could go back to that moment, is there anything you didn't know then that you would uh, you would like to be able to tell yourself? If you if you are going into something where Americans are involved, don't turn up looking scruffy. Eh? I spent a lot of time looking scruffy. Um, just really 
yeah, just be prepared. Just be a lot more prepared. I want to slap my younger self, actually, for some of the jobs I missed out on. Really? Yeah, for being underprepared. This is criminal. This is absurd. Yeah, really, really bad. Some things like I hadn't... So be prepared. Oh, my God, be, be over-prepared. Be the most prepared person ever. Be over-prepared, you know, have read the book, have, have watched the, you know, old version of the thing. Know everybody involved, know the producers' names. You know, be ready to, like, know what they're, what's on their CV know who's already cast just know everything that there is to know that you could possibly know about it so that you go in there like you know just with a bit of an arsenal you know what the fuck you're doing as opposed to like walking in and being like mm-hmm. hello i'll just hope i'm good enough i just hope i'm you know look right you know it's not even it's not, it's not even about that most you know you just got to convince them it's like people get jobs like Anne hathaway there's a good example you know how many times she tried to get that job in Les Mis and they said she's too old or she's too young. She was like, absolutely no fucking way, I'm getting this job. She sent in like unbelievable numbers of tapes and things like this to the producer. She just, there was no way they weren't going to give it to her. She was like... And I totally admire that. Yeah, of course. Same, 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 same with Nicole Kidman. She, I mean, she, she earned her career, like she scratched for that, you know. Impressive. Uh, do have any recollection of being offered advice by anybody older than you that yes. stuck with you? Yeah. Kind of hurt my feelings, actually. Go ahead. <laughs> Somebody told me once, she said, she said, so our actress, older actress that I really admire, and she said, um, we're actually, I think she was, we were both quite drunk, I think, actually, at the time we were, like, hanging out after filming, and she was really, really cool, and I really, really respect and still respect and admire her, and I think she's great. But she said to me that I um, that I that I shouldn't be so um, in in as many words that I shouldn't be so um, friendly um, and um, sort of upbeat and kind of it's that same thing that haunts me that dappiness that I often get. She said, you know, you're a really clever girl. You 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 shouldn't you're not letting people see that. And I just thought I'm just like. Mm. And that really, really patronising and really annoying. I've, there's a reason I'm doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, maybe she's right, I and mean, it just touched nerve. I just thought that's annoying. Um, but there is also, also being female, you know, on the set and being young. You're not. Your status is is not that high. Um, so I don't know. It's just a coping mechanism for me. Anyway. So w- one last question. Yeah. Actually, two. Second last. Um, I'm a casting director. I'm not. This is a you know an imaginary situation. <laughs> Believe in the imaginary situation. Okay. I'm a casting director, and someone mentions you at a casting meeting. What do you imagine they say about you? Bet you fucking anything they say. Oh, it's just lovely, but a bit dappy. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, God. In anything at the minute? Oh fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging around with you for. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And that's it for another fortnight. Don't forget to check out BelfastBoxingFilm.com if only to have a nosy at what I'm doing outside of the podcast. And maybe, you never know, pick up an idea or two for a future crowdfunding campaign you might like to run yourself. Like I said, if you throw a fiver our way, I will give you a mention in the next episode of the podcast. But that perk will only be visible for today. That's Monday the 17th of October. Beyond that, it may make a return, but I'll see how it goes. www.belfastboxingfilm.com That's it from me. Speak to you in a fortnight. Feed up music.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.